All right, tell me how you lack imagination. I, it, it doesn't even, there's no appeal. Fantasy, fairyland, there's no appeal for you. Uh, yeah, put it this way. It's like, as soon as I know that there are dwarves or elves in a thing, my attention span gets, like, minuscule. Really? Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Okay, I do not want to offend anyone that likes Lord of the Rings or Tolkien or C.S. Lewis, the Narnia stuff. I respect that those are Christian authors and that they're allegories and all that. But I'm just saying, like, my brain shuts off when I hear the desolation <coughs> of smog. Smog. Or something like... I, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to describe. What was the movie we were watching the other night? Thor. When you just said desolation of smog, my brain was just like... It flipped on. I'm ready. Yeah. Where is it? Where is the Shire? Lead me, Bilbo. I will follow... Just a quick note. Dragon Ball Z has no dwarves or elves. Thank you. But it's got... What did you... What were you saying? Sword. A sword. A sword? (laughs) That's a real thing. I know, but it's a dead giveaway that everything's going to be made up from this point forward. Because that sword is going to have some name like Sword of Destiny. No. Or Sword of Thunder. Or Rainbow Road. Or something really lame. It was... Not any of those. No names to the sword. It was just a sword from the future? <clears throat> no, it wasn't a sword from the future. Just this character from the future had a sword. But like swords had never been thought of before in this show? I think they had been thought of. They just hadn't been used in fights. Yeah. So as a Dragon Ball Z fan in junior <clears throat> high, Trunks was just the man. Yeah. You're like shooting energy balls at each other, and then it's like, <clears throat> hey, let me just make a sword. Destructo right? disc. Yeah. Holy smokes, this sword was a great idea. Mm-hmm. But Dragon Ball Z is kind of like, to me, what's what's boring about it is the same reason that like Pacific Rim was boring. Because they made a sword in that movie. They did. And that was like, all of a sudden <laughs> now... Okay, did you guys ever watch the show Heroes? No. The, my first year of seminar, a bunch of guys got into the show and we watched And I was actually pretty interested in it because it was very... It was the kind of thing that I like, like blending that idea of the superhero with the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something you could imagine maybe actually happening, mm-hmm. where like all of a sudden, you know, they make it sciencey, like the mutations are happening, and there's people investigating where this stuff is coming from. There's, you know, people with pins and maps of where people with mutations, kind of like X Men. Mm-hmm. Do you like X Men? Uh, sort of. I can deal with it. See, that's not. But that's crazy. But this hero show was like, you know, it would be like a plumber that found out he could bend the pipes or something, and then like, hmm. or a girl that just couldn't get hurt. And I made it up the plumber one, but that, the girl actually couldn't get hurt, so she like jumps off of water towers and like breaks a bunch of bones and looks like she's dead, and then she'll like three seconds later like get up and all her bones will straighten and stuff. Is that the blonde gal? Yeah, so it's, she's kind of like Wolverine in that way. So that, I think those are cool powers, like things that are sort of ordinary, like that take a human faculty, like healing, and just ramp it up a bunch. Hmm. Uh, so there are a bunch of people with those kind of powers. And 
they were like, I don't know, creating kind of a drama of how their lives were intersecting and things like that. Like one guy could travel through time and space very easily. Oh, and the other thing was that, that the sort of really fantasy part of the whole thing was that it was like a comic book some guy was writing and they had to find out that that was being played on reality. Ooh. And so they had to find the guy writing that kind of a stranger than fiction type of thing. Where Sounds kind of like a good show. It was a cool show. And I liked it. Until there was a guy who just could suck up everybody else's powers mm. and then had everyone's powers. And then how do you beat him? There's no way to beat him because he can now travel through time and space and he has super healing abilities and he's like the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde superpower and all this different stuff. So nobody had a leg up on him. And I know, I know, I didn't watch the rest of the show because I just got super bored, that they were going to beat him by some other super made-up thing that we hadn't heard about yet, you know? That it wasn't going to be like... Um, you know, what's annoying about the fantasy thing, honestly, is just that, uh, like the sword in Dragon Ball Z, there's this guy who nobody can beat, and you have a whole story written of characters <laughs> and a world and possibilities and like laws of physics... And then the only way to beat him is to break all of those laws and to create something totally new that's from outside the story. Like a guy comes from the future. No one's ever done that before. No one's ever had a sword before. And that's what kills him. Instead of building from the building blocks of reality, you have to like totally suspend your imagination. And so I would say that I do have imagination. But... Well, I see, I don't think... I think Tolkien holds to the laws that he creates in Middle Earth very, very solidly. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to argue that Tolkien is this way. That okay. this is that's a bad fantasy or anything okay. like that. But it's just to me it's like it clicks off those switches of mm-hmm. okay, there's orcs and uh dwarves and they're shooting bows and arrows and mm-hmm. it's all made up and they speak languages and And I know I know you said that you're not trying to downplay Tolkien and Lewis, <coughs> but I feel like I'm being attacked right now. <laughs> and I feel like I need to stand up for Tolkien. I think you know, I know you're not non disputata, well, dude. Relax. Why didn't you ever get into fan- what do you remember as a youngster with in terms of like I don't like fantasy or were there something that you, was there things that you liked when you were younger? Well, I felt like in childhood, <clears throat> cartoons were the thing. And then, like, every once in a while there'd be a show on that was, like, real people. And me thinking, like, oh, so boring. You know, I, I can put myself back in that place of my life where if it wasn't drawn and, like, animated, it was boring. Because that's just regular life. Why would I watch that? You know, but then there was some time when I started watching, you know, the t- at the time it was like, you know, Full House or um, Mr. Belvedere and kind of <coughs> dweeby sitcom-y things from the 90s mm-hmm. that had kids in them and stuff and I thought were kind of interesting and funny and had nice clean plot, like things that step kids can step. get. Yeah, step by step, things like that. <coughs> Families, I could relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy Meets World, I really liked. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. I really like those shows, and then that was sort of the gateway to then more what I would consider, like, mature sort of uh, narrative and stories and things like that, That where you, you more understand the reality of human experience, the more you see the depth and, and interesting stuff that happens in interpersonal dynamics, that it doesn't just have to be, like, 
you know, look, it's a talking dog, and he has a friend who's a squirrel, and they, you know, conquer the world together against the evil Zardok, you know. Like, that that just became very childish to me, and I was no longer interested in that. And I thought, to my mind, that still seems rational. You know, that kids, they they do sort of, like, see the world through these this different lens, you know, where, like, you know, Calvin and Hobbes is a great example where he oh, just yeah. writes the word transmogrifier on a uh, cardboard box and puts something under it, like, like a baseball card, and then it turns into a dinosaur, you know? Like, all he had to do is write that word on the cardboard box and put the box over a baseball card, and all of a sudden it becomes... Because he has this imagination, and anything's possible for a kid, but... Um, there's a certain narrowing of possibilities as you grow into adulthood, but there's also a more, there's a deepening of like, uh, what really goes on in like the human heart and relationships and stuff that then that becomes what's interesting. Yeah. Not so much the wild fantasy stuff. <clears throat> now, here's, here's my, this is my question to you guys, as guys who still like fantasy things. Mm-hmm. My main beef with these kind of movies or shows is that it builds up a world that's kind of interesting or cool, and there's characters in it, but ultimately it ends in a long fight, mm-hmm. and the good guy always ends up winning. Even if he doesn't at first, he will win, and it, all it is is just violence against violence, and some superpower or big hammer or sword or magic ball is going to be the thing that wins, Like just Thor because is... it's more powerful, Right. and the, to me, like... And again, I'm not versed in Tolkien at all, so I know I'm sure that this is it's this doesn't apply to him. But in general, mm-hmm. you know, like a Transformer movie, yeah, or something like that. Uh, the, the what's the Captain America one? The the not the Fantastic Four. Was the, it Avengers. the Avengers. Uh-huh. All it is is like, okay, wow, look at the bad guy is super strong. No one can beat him. But good thing there's good guys that are even stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when they look down on their luck, they're going to beat him because Hulk is going to go Hulk smash on everybody. And so there's no nothing interesting to me about that because you always know how it's going to end. It's going to be like, let's build up drama so that there will be a fight at the end. And then let's watch Michael Bay make some buildings fall down. And then that's the end of the movie. And you're like, good. The good guys won. I was yeah. worried for a second. Yeah. See, there's always in that, though, I... I agree, and there are a lot of movies that just have that, you have to match violence with violence to to finish it, but oftentimes, even like the Avengers it has a very specific part in it, there's still this, this notion in there that to win that type of fight, like, you know, that fight illustrated in that way, you have to be willing to sacrifice yourself, like, for the good of someone else. Um, Batman has that. The newest Batman has that, and they they definitely blow it at the end because he fixes the autopilot. Um, but Avengers has that actually. Like the whole thing at the end is that Tony Stark is willing to sacrifice himself at the end, mm-hmm. and like, does he die? He he doesn't. But it's not. Um, so he falls. He he goes up and he has to like I throw this bomb into space or something like that and like how he falls down he just gets back like mm-hmm. in time but it's not through his power it's just kind of like just a stroke of luck that he that mm-hmm. he does 
But it's not, it was because he was willing to sacrifice himself that, um, that they were able to win the fight. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, in the end, like, that's the difference between, like, these two strengths is that one is willing to do that because mm-hmm. they're fighting for something bigger mm-hmm. than themselves. So, <clears throat> I think they definitely, they definitely botched that. Like, we've talked about Spider-Man, how, mm-hmm. like, we didn't like the end of, of that. But is it a weaker story than you can get in, like, a truly good novel or certainly a weaker story than the Gospels? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, 100%. But even in these, like, dumb superhero or whatever fantasy movies, like, you still see this culture longing for a Christ figure mm-hmm. in it. And, and just that, that realization for people is like, that's what real love looks like. And when you're willing to do that, um, you can conquer evil. You can conquer evil. I do remember thinking as a kid um, in the cartoon shows uh, that the bad guys, I, I was always motivated to not be bad mm-hmm. by those shows because when you were part of the bad guys, say like Ninja Turtles, that was one of my mm-hmm. favorite shows. Oh, they were so good, dude. You know, They like, were so cool. Yeah. They're so cool. Oh, for sure. I love them. Yeah. They were trained by a huge rat. Yeah, oh, those movies. I love those movies when they were like human. They're like in yeah. the suits. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And yeah, those are so good. Turtles too. The ooze. Oh, oh man. man, I believe that uh, what's his name is Vi- uh, Vanilla Ice was in those movies. One of them at least was he. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. What, what was his? Was he the guy with the ski mask? Or the hockey match? No, he raps at the end. Vanilla Ice oh. is a rapper right. in the 90s. <laughs> right, but I thought he How old acted. are you? No, 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 no. I no, thought no, he no, acted. No, no, you're thinking of Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had the, the So you have hit a, a vein of cartoon fantasy mm-hmm. knowledge on my part. But anyways, like shows like that where there were the bad dudes and the good dudes. The If you were in the good dude side, even if you were hurt or weak or something, yeah. you could count on your buds to be there because they're good. Yeah. yeah, and if you were a bad guy, you could count on if you were fell behind or were weak or you know didn't satisfy the <laughs> overlord Crane, that yeah. you were gonna get your butt dusted. Yeah, by his anger. Yeah, but uh, see, I think he was unscrupulous. In some ways, that's very true. But in some ways, I think that that does. Again, these are in reality, these are weak stories, right? They're entertaining, especially like growing up. They were very entertaining. But um, the line between, like, good and evil is never as black and white as we see yep. in those movies. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in reality, in a really good story, it's going to be, like, it's going to be so gray. Mm-hmm. Because that's the reality <clears throat> that, like, we experience, yeah. you know? Like, that line between good and evil is in each one of our hearts. Like, way more so than... I was just thinking about this whatever, tonight. The whatever whole, villain. You the know whole yeah, but like that's where, and that's what I think. See, that would be my biggest critique of those movies is that how black and white mm-hmm. they make that. And uh, again, you can pull really good stuff out of them, but just coming back to that realization, it's like that that isn't an accurate portrayal of what good and evil looks like. Right. I guess. Well, and, and that's why I think when you see. <laughs> A, a really good story. Yep. And I, I mean, I'm going to go back to Lord of the Rings here. Yeah. All of those characters have that 
intimate battle with themselves because that's what it ultimately comes down to is what is the decision that I'm going to make in my heart? And of course it manifests itself, that decision manifests itself through our actions. Mm -hmm. But every single character goes through that internal battle of, am I going to let evil conquer me here? Which of course is generally the ring in uh, in the trilogy. Or am I going to let good conquer? So you have Gollum, who constantly, I mean, is the really physical representation with his um, schizophrenia between the good and the evil. But then you even look at, um, I mean, Frodo has it to the wire and ends up choosing to be evil. Like, he turns out to be selfish and tries to keep the ring on his own. And then you have uh, Aragorn, who has the internal fight within himself of, do I want to take the ring or not? Boromir, who's another guy in the Fellowship, (laughs) has it and loses and tries to take the ring. Mm -hmm. And even uh, Lady Galadriel, who's like one of the... You know, most purist, incredible, yeah. yeah, purist characters, and she's a Mary figure, mm-hmm. has to go through that fight herself mm-hmm. as Frodo presents the ring, presents that temptation there. And so it, Tolkien does this incredible job of yeah. look at how gray that line is. Um, because anybody could fall at any time. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I had an instance with my younger brother. It was. Less than a year ago, probably. And he he had just watched all of the, at least the first Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from the C.S. Lewis movies. And uh, we had this instance at our house. So there are 11 of us. You all know that. There's 11 of us. And we had some root beer that had been stolen from one of the kids. And it was hidden. So, like, somebody wanted to drink this root beer and hid it from the rest of the family. So that they, he or she, could drink it on their own later. And we found it in the freezer, okay? So soda, when it freezes, Mm -hmm. will explode, you know? And it was in glass bottles as well. And so we found it, and it wasn't a big deal. It it had only been in there for a little bit. And so the questioning begins. Like, who put the soda in the freezer? And everyone was denying it. And we all knew. We all knew right away. Chris, the the youngest, (laughs) he was four or five at the time. We knew that Chris had put the root beer in the freezer. And we're sitting there, and my dad's like, look, Chris, you know, or anybody else who could have done this, <laughs> Chris, all you have to do is tell us the truth. That's all we want is tell us what you like, what really happened, and it will be okay. Like, you'll get a little punishment, but it will totally be okay. The root beer, it's not a big deal. So we're just trying to explain that to him. And he's like, no, yeah, Totally. I know that. I didn't do it, though. Like, oh, and so everybody knows. So you, like, go around, and everyone else is of the age of reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the next is seven. She's age seven. of reason being the age when you wouldn't just put root beer right, right, from the, the freezer, fridge right, into the freezer. In the freezer. Like, no one will ever know. You know? And so... plan. Right. So Teresa's the next oldest, and we're like, Teresa, did you do this? And she's like, no, I really didn't. And so we all knew that it was Chris. And so we're just like grilling him and it becomes to be more and more of a thing the more that he lies about it. Mm -hmm. And so I can remember grabbing him and taking him off to the side. And he had just watched this C.S. Lewis um, Chronicle, or yeah, the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm -hmm. And I said, Chris, did you know that Aslan in that, who's the lion, Aslan, he represents Christ and he's one of the good guys. And all the bad guys in that movie, the witch and the orcs, from Lord of the Rings. He watches Lord of the Rings like every day. It's crazy. He loves it. 
Wait, did you know that the orcs, <coughs> they represent lies, and Frodo and the Fellowship represent truth, and, like, every time that you lie, you're fighting for the bad guys. Like, that's Satan, you know? He's the prince of lies, and he represents the orcs. Like, that's what the orcs represent, and they're the ones that kill Aslan, and they're the orcs that, you know, at Sauron, that's the eye, and he immediately just went... I did it. And he, like, <laughs> terrified. Just, oh, like, man. I don't want to do that to Aslan. Like, oh. I want to be a good guy. And literally runs to my dad, and he's like, I did it. I put the root beer in the freezer. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because it was oh, so, and it was just so black and white. It was like, this is the good that I want, okay? Because I know that that's evil. And that's the way that his brain is right now, yeah. is this is good and this is evil. And my heart longs for the good, and I hate the evil. Yeah. And so when it was presented to him as, you're actually doing, like, you're on the evil side. You know, you're fighting, you're oh, you're wow. with the lies, you're with the Prince of Lies right now. And you want to be with Aslan and the Fellowship. Yeah. Boom. Decision over. Done with. Totally already made. Yeah. And it was like, I am disgusted with myself right now, forever even being on this side. <laughs> like, just please forgive me. It was, I mean, it was incredible, man. That so I, is cool. I mean, I think there are, and that's what, when you have, it's a child's story. It, that yeah, shapes true. the way that your brain and mm-hmm. that your heart thinks and feels is there, although the, the line is gray, there are distinctly good things and there are distinctly evil things. Yeah. And we are called to hate the evil and to love the good. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what Paul says. Hate the evil and love the good. And uh, so I, I do understand that. You know, at a younger age, those fairy tales, too, you know, they, that they are very direct about that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great point. It's a really great point. But that, that cool line also does exist. Because that is as, you know, we mature and <clears throat> become more human, essentially, and things are less clear. That's really that interesting story that I think you get more in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. Why is there something rather than nothing. Here's my question I had earlier when you're talking about Lord of the Rings, because I don't know the story very well. Uh, this whole ring is like some kind of power deal, right? right. Um, oh, and he went into that, wealth, pleasure, power, honor, glory. The object of the movie is like, we're to destroy this ring before the orcs and the dwarves get it or whatever. Is that the, that's the point? Like, you gotta throw it in a volcano or something? <laughs> you gotta throw it in Mount Doom before Sauron. It can it. only be destroyed in one place. Which that's is also it was, where it was made. Where yeah. it was made. Okay. So, the ring represents sin. Okay. So, the power of the, like, the ring has power, but it will corrupt whoever has it. Okay. So, it was made, I don't know the story of, like, how it was made, or anything like that, but just from the story of the Lord of the Rings. Because I was thinking that um, this whole thing about those who wish to save their lives will lose them, and those who lose their lives will save them. Christ's basic message is let go. Right. And Philippians, the Philippians hymn is about how Jesus <clears throat> did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but rather he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movement of Christianity is from the divine to human, the, the higher to the lower, the rich to the poor. Um, 
Whereas the, our sort of like innate sort of original sin move is to like grasp at richness from our poverty or grasp at divinity from our humanity rather than like just sort of cast it carelessly away, you know, yeah. in, in this sort of just free <coughs> surrender to let it all go, you mm-hmm. know, throw the ring into Mount Sauron or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the dynamic of the Christian life ends up being uh, this like burnt offering that yeah. you, you just lay it all down. Everything that you've been given, you give back. So even St. Ignatius's prayer is, take all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will. All that I've received from you, I give it back to you. Um, and so it, to me, that the hardest part to say about that prayer is my liberty. Even my liberty, which you've given me, I give back to you. So then what, are you not free anymore that you've given your liberty away? No, even that was given to you. And so, but it's not your property. And for it to actually do what it's meant to do, you have to let go of it. You know? So that's why like a discalced Carmelite nun that's totally uh, obedient to her superior is more free than the drug addict who can oh, yeah. do and go wherever he wants. Because she is, she's given her freedom away, which is what it was for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very it's very difficult to understand that from a, like a normal human pragmatic point yep. of view, except from the inside, when you experience that kind of freedom of letting go, and so that that's the the whole holy hour dynamic. Like, you know, I'm just gonna leave this chapel right now, Lord. I'm like you know talking to God, and just you know, am I invited to? And the the human heart's very. It's like. I can convince myself that what you want me to do right now is to go do what I really want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, St. Paul, I do what I do not want, you know? I I don't want to be separate, separated from you, Lord, but there's so much in me that wants to go after things that aren't you yeah. that I have to constantly come back like the, to the center of where I'm here and now being created like this... It's a sinking, really. It's not like a, I'm going to try really hard to get at what God's trying to say to me right now. It's, no, it's really just like a <laughs> surrender, like a sinking down, sit and sink kind of thing. Like the fly in the, that's caught between the window and the storm window, you know? Where it's like there's this little gap at the bottom. And you've seen flies trapped in these kind of situations where they're just like, like trying to get out into the light. But they always just fly up. Yeah. If they just chilled for a second and stopped flapping those dang wings, they'd go down to the lowest part and get out that slot, you know. Yeah. It's just a metaphor, but that's often what the problem is, is that we we try to dig ourselves out of some situation where what we really are, you know, best served to do is to just sit and sink. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisque, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And
down. 